0: Welcome to the Feel Better Naked podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you never ask and have fun while doing it. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Feel Better Naked podcast. I'm Dr. Letitia. I'm here with my wonderful lovely co-host dr jennifer my girl for 20 well we won't say how many years but anyways that might that might be aging us a little bit and we're still young fly and fit so this today's episode as we're still progressing with women's history month we're going to talk about aunt flo the uninvited guest that likes to pop up once a month so basics all about menstrual cycles What's normal? What's abnormal? Um, some other things that can that definitely relate to our women's health as well. Dr. Jennifer, what's going on, girl? What's new with you? Oh,
1: we're just plugging through in Georgia. Elementary age students, I think third grade as it starts. So only got one kid doing these as these standardized tests. So we got the heavy, heavy homework, getting all the grades where they need to be. Um, but it's called the Milestones Testing here in Georgia And they take it once a year I think when I was in elementary It was like every three years I don't remember I'm getting You already <laughs> aged us at the beginning I don't even know anymore But I just felt like I don't think I had all these tests every year So we're just getting prepped for those And um, enjoying our soccer season With our uh, oldest It's nice to um, take her to practice Just because the kids and I get to be outside And enjoy the beautiful spring here in Georgia What's going on with you?
0: nice though we we all have the good old bipolar weather in indiana so we could hit the first day of spring we could have six inches of snow or it could be 60. so we're all we're always all over the place so my my main thing for the month of march is um definitely doing um, more consultations taking on some more clients in my health coaching bench business and then moving my brick and mortar physical therapy practice to virtual and all online as well. So I've been busy with that, saying, trying to get those processes um, together, as well as making sure we do our good self-care, our movement, and getting our, and our sleep in. So we got to keep the body right. If we want to be able to keep pushing, keep plugging along.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so menstrual cycles, periods, ant flow, When I was in eighth grade, and if any of my friends that were in that grade with me listened to this, for some reason, we called it our house. So we had this notebook that we would share, and we'd all talk about, I got my house today. I don't know why we did this. (laughs) But we come up with these code words, right? And so I've got a lot of words on this, and I'll try to not be as passionate about it (laughs) as I can get. But we have if if anyone's listening, just kind of explore the thoughts you're having right now when you have the word period, menstrual cycle. And often it can be associated, not saying with your listening, if this is what you believe, but like it's dirty, it's gross. It sure is inconvenient, but it definitely shouldn't be unexpected. So today we're going to talk about how to track your menstrual cycle, what norms are considered to be um, and so you kind of have a standard today of knowing what what is a menstrual cycle, how much should I bleed, how often should I have it, what symptoms come along with it, and what types of protection to use, how that might impact your pelvic floor. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. I own a clinic here south of Georgia. And um, so I do like to talk about certain things that we've been taught to expect we don't need to, like painful painful periods are normal. They don't have to be normal for you. And so we'll go through some of that. And then we're going to touch on endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids, um, just going into symptoms of those. And if you're listening and think you might have one of those, give you some great places to get started to like, just getting that diagnosed. So um, do you want me to dive right in and talk about these things or do you have some questions first? Well, yeah, not questions per se, but kind
0: of going back on your feelings of kind of like where your education Comes from periods, so you know, like a lot of you know, young ladies between you know, it could be ten to fifteen or whatever age that you're doing. I can remember, I think I was in fifth grade when I started my cycle, and I think it was on the same night as a band concert. So I used to play the auto sax in middle school, and I remember like starting. I can't remember the conversation or what happened. I was like, oh yeah, get the pad talk to my mom, maybe, I definitely don't remember any of that, then after that, it was just more like, okay, it's kind of a chore, so some ladies, it's like, either a positive, yes, I started my cycle, because that could mean you're not pregnant, or (laughs) no, I didn't start my cycle, yes, I'm pregnant, because that's a happy thing, or maybe not, so more unexpected thing, so it's always like, oh, on the rag, that turns on the rag, yeah, and all the negative commentary, like oh my gosh, this, yes, and have cramps, and oh, of course, you know what the media and everything says. Oh, you gotta watch out because ladies are gonna be moody, and you can always tell this. There's always a negative yeah. uh, thing a stretch around it, and we continue to kind of push that negativity, or some yeah. things, you know, positive, depending on where where you want um, to be when it comes to what society looks like same thing as we're talking about going into the chain was like the change you know like womanhood is over <laughs> you know that that capacity to no longer have children all of a sudden shrivels you up to you're no longer a I woman know. and yeah. that's another thing that you know we could <laughs> talk about in another yeah. episode as well but really I think this is really valuable for ladies to have so you can look at what's normal what's yeah. abnormal and then knowing that there's resources out there for you
1: yeah. Yeah. Love all the things you brought up. want to dive into what normal is. And we um, could always have a part two on this situation of where this thoughts of it being gross or it is annoying. Like, let's just be honest for anyone listening. If you're in a business meeting or if you're out with your kids in the grocery store, whatever you're doing, all of a sudden you feel a gush of blood. It's like really hard to focus. Right. And symptoms that come along like I always talk to my spouse like I'm in a session with a client and then I'm all of a sudden I feel it come on for me. I, it's pretty, it's not unexpected for me because I track things. So I know about when, but not to the minute. And then it's like really hard as you're bleeding and having cramping to be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it can be annoying. But well, let's dive into normal. So a menstrual cycle is the part of the phase that you're shedding the uterine line and that's going to be bleeding and some clotting. And clotting is going to be typically what's considered normal. And remember, everyone listening, this varies, and this is why it's so important, I'm going to say right away, that you need to track your menstrual cycle like it's a vital sign. So vital signs are blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate. And so you want to track your menstrual cycle to really figure out what's going on with your hormones. And so I ask any woman, once you start your period, until you don't no longer have one, um, and they could even say then, even post-menopause, you might have cyclical symptoms of a menstrual cycle, but a menstrual cycle should be every 23 to 35, 34 days. Now this is going, that's a big range, but that you should be having a menstrual cycle for you around the same time. Per in between menstrual cycles, so the the time that you're bleeding. So day one is the first day of bleeding, and then the end of that cycle, and that would commence when you start bleeding on another cycle. So that should be 23 to 35 days. So for instance, mine currently is 24 to 25 days. It's pretty consistent, I think too frequent, but everyone thinks it needs to be 28 days. But this has been consistent for me for five years. I don't like that it's so close, but it's not irregular. Irregular is going to be, maybe I'm at 21 days, and then the next month I'm at 36 days, and you're having this big variance in between, maybe I skip a period, so that's irregular. Um, The length of bleeding ranges between four to six days. Again, this is a range, and if you're tracking what's normal for you, you're going to know what's normal. Um, usually you're going to bleed heavier. Some people have some spotting then they bleed heavy and then it tapers off. Again, I ask if you're listening there, are, I know iPhone has, um, the health app that you can track. This is what I use. Cause there's no advertisements, but there's like what, a gazillion menstrual cycle tracker. But I didn't like the ads, but you can, you can pay for it without the ads. So get an app to to track, Um, and for those of people trying to, um, to get pregnant, they're already doing this, but people who are trying to avoid pregnancy should also do this. (laughs) And then if you're not trying to do either of those, yes, tracking is important. So, you know, the amount that you should bleed, you should, you can bleed up to six tablespoons in a cycle, and that's going to equate to something like seven soaked pads or tampons. Now I would say tampons have different absorbency. So I would go more off of, um, a pad than I would, uh, a tampon, but during your entire cycle soaking up to that many, so not just using them and having some light blood, but y'all know if you're listening when a pad is soaked, right? So, um, and then we look at clotting, you're going to pass some clots. That's just going to look like a heavier tissue, but we don't want that, you know, bigger than definitely not a golf ball right? So if you're po- passing golf ball size, they should really be, if you have your fist, you hold out your palm, like the center of your palm smaller than that. So we're going to go, I used to play with marbles, but I don't think people play with marbles anymore. <laughs> the, the
0: ladies listen to this know what marbles. Yeah.
1: You know marbles, <laughs> right? If it's a marble, we're good. Right. So, but if we're pushing, you know, I have clients that huge clots they're passing, right? They have PCOS, endometriosis. So when we're going to talk about symptoms of that and then cramping, this is a, a thing I want to debunk. Like you don't have to have painful periods. So if you're having painful cramping, it's common, but it shouldn't be disabling you. And if it is, you got to talk to your gynecologist and get to a specialist because being bent over and ibuprofen's not, co- you know, helping with the cramping. That's, that's severe cramping. So, um, and then I want to talk about just, and then we'll stop with all of the the sciency part about this, but you have two phases of your menstrual cycle. You have the first phase where you're going to bleed, and then you ovulate, and ovulation is about midway through your entire cycle. And so some people will get some ovulation cramping. And then um, day That's usually on day 14 to 16, and then your luteal phase, which is the phase if you were to not get pregnant, that you're going to shed the uterine line, that's another two weeks. So it's somewhere roughly around four weeks for individuals, but if you're tracking, you know what's good for you, and yes, everyone, there are spikes in hormones. So yes, there is PMS. Now, PMS means a lot of premenstrual syndrome, means a lot of different things for, for individuals, but you're having hormones, I encourage you to look on Google at the hormone fluctuations because it's really helpful. Like, oh yeah, that's why I might be a little bit moody. So that's a lot of knowledge dropped and I'm going to cease talking at the moment and, and see if you've got any follow-up questions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, like we, are yeah, definitely the, the variability when you're talking about what is normal in a cycle. There's definitely a lot of ladies that, like, if it's told, been that in my experience of things that I've heard, loved ones and things like that, where that time is totally debilitating. You're, like, in the bed, cramping so bad, bleeding so bad. They're like, oh, for those first three days or whatever, I have to be in the bed because it's cramping. on. Mm-hmm. And then they've just taken that for years. Of that's what their normal is, or that's just part of it. And then, unfortunately, if they don't go to seek help, then the first line of defense is okay let's go on birth control or mm-hmm. let's shift and do something or other it's like oh well that's kind of normal it's like it's not normal so really shedding light on what's normal i think this is really important especially in the african-american community where there's definitely some higher answers of endometriosis definitely running into families um, having difficulties with getting pregnant and then all of a sudden when you do want to start a family and get pregnant And you've been thinking for years, you've been having a normal cycle, which has been painful, bleeding a whole lot, and balled up in a ball. And you come to find out that now you have some other issues going on. So really educating, telling people you need to get down to that underlying of what's going on, of what's normal, and what's abnormal. It should not definitely be a debilitating, you know, seven-day window or bleeding for like 15 to 17 days or whatever it may be where your cycle is like you're just continuing to being bleeding. You feel like, Oh, I just been off my cycle for one week. And then I start bleeding again and, you know, just soaking through and having to walk around with two and three pads, super max pads on, um, during that time thinking, well, that's just a normal, you know, that's just a normal way.
1: Yeah. And I think when people are bleeding a long, long time and it's that extreme, they tend to like, they get help. A little quicker because now when we're bleeding that much, you're starting to go into anemia and anemic is going to be low energy, like literally can't get off the couch, brain fog, difficulty concentrating, fatigue, all those things. It's that also you've got the people that are on, and this is what Dr. Letitia and I talk about a lot, people that are on that borderline, like it's not that bad, but you're still having some of these symptoms because PCOS, endometriosis, and fibroids, those symptoms vary for individuals. It's that we have to be very careful as women not to do comparative suffering, where if you're listening in, you're like, well, I have some of those things, but it's not as bad as that. It's still, if it's interrupting your life and it's it's hard for you to function because of it, got to talk to your gynecologist. Birth control, I believe, has its place. I'm not anti-anything, but when we look at research, we know that food and movement by far help us with hormone homeostasis and um, endometriosis, we will talk about here shortly, is not curable. It's something we live with and it everyone has different, um, severity levels of it. So you've got to get diagnosed appropriately, but we do know, and I'm going to, in our show notes, we're going to drop some really great people to follow on endometriosis, um, because getting the resources is important. So we'll go into endometriosis in a second, but let's talk about the types. I get a lot of questions as a pelvic physical therapist. What should I use when I'm menstruating or bleeding? Um, and so there's different types. We've got the pads, which now we've got like organic and all the different brands. We've got tampons. Again, there's organic ones. Um, there's the menstrual underwear that you can use. Um, there's menstrual cups. There's um, menstrual discs. And there are people that just do free bleeding, which can be difficult if you've got to go to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, if it happens on a weekend, you might be able to do it, or some people will do it at night, they'll free bleed at night, and that's essentially putting down you know an absorbent pad and you don't you know not sleeping with underwear on just because that's what that feels good to their body none of none of these are wrong. I get a lot of questions as a pelvic physical therapist about inserting things in the vaginal canal because some people that are dealing with painful cramping, painful periods, endometriosis p c o s also deal with pelvic floor muscle dysfunction meaning those pelvic floor muscles aren't too happy and neither is the vaginal canal. So there is no um, right or wrong thing to use. Menstrual cups, tampons, and discs, you've got to insert something and you've got to take it out. And taking out those cups can be tricky. And the the discs also because the blood is just everywhere. So <laughs> it's like a murder scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, what has happened here? Um so y'all know what I'm talking about when we say this, like taking the tampon out. It's like, we got to be careful and strategic in how we do it. But if, so these are the different types of things you can use. And what's nice about tampons and menstrual cups is like, you can go swimming or you cannot have to worry about leaking or it's that second protection. So I always like to say, if you can't get one of those devices in to help you out, that pelvic physical therapy can really help. And that's something we do help people with help tolerate. So those are the different types of things. I've done all of the different types of things, uh, except for free bleeding, because that's just not something I knew about as a, as a kid. But do you have a preference, Dr. Letitia?
0: Yeah, that that whole free bleeding situation, it just reminds me of like Laura Ingalls Wilder back on Little House on the Prairie or something that they didn't have, <laughs> they saying, yes. Let's get on the rag, like the term being on the rag where you just yeah. take a rag and they were using rags for that, I said, that's definitely not my cup of tea, but I've kind of transitioned in, in the year, actually just recently, um, with playing in sports, I learned very early about using tampons, because it's very hard to run up and down the court with a little big, you know, we, before they start doing these different sizes and shapes of pads, you had that big old gulky thing, like you had a diaper on when you're, you know, <laughs> when you were walking around with the diaper on, I played basketball, ran track. Not comfortable to be able to have those. So tampons really early. Now then I I transition into having some more things that make sure they didn't have any um, chemicals related to so organic um, related products that way. But just really in the last six months, I start trying to figure out what can I do to decrease that that imprint and have um, yeah. waste and what So I started to, to using the period panties. I like love those things now. It was just so much more convenient. I I can't remember the brand. I'll have to put them in the the show notes. There's so Mm -hmm. many different brands uh, for them. But now I'm a definite proponent of the period panties. I still have like little liners um, sometimes. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm in the fan. If if I'm going to use any other products, pads, tampons, they're going to be organic based. But then now I'm a super fan of the period panties now.
1: Yeah, I tried them. I didn't like them, but there's different brands now. That was like five, six years ago. Yeah. So just Amazon, I'm telling you, everyone look on Amazon. It's definitely, um, it can be helpful. I think heavy days can be hard for some individuals. You might have to double protect. Um, and then, yeah, because those those underwear, if you're bleeding heavy, you got to go ahead and change them once you take them off. Not they have different back levels up.
0: now. They have hot, moderate, <laughs> heavy, and, they, and then it tells you how much worth of a pad or a tampon so that you can kind of guess. So I actually got three different levels of them to try yeah. to see. And there's
1: reusable pads, too, that you can put right in your underwear. So there's yes. lots of choices out there, but I just like to say you should be able to choose what you want to use. And if you feel like you're not able to use one of those things, yes, talking to your gynecologist, but a lot of them aren't totally aware of pelvic physical therapy. So if you're unsure of of what that is, I encourage you to follow um, my channel here. And there's lots of pelvic PTs to follow, but moving into some of the mentality around like being on the rag or it being dirty, I think that... It's a very natural part of our life and that when we're tracking, it shouldn't be too unexpected. And if it is unexpected, of course, getting the, the right diagnosis, but that it is something natural and it's going to take generations to kind of change our mindset that we're not dirty. It's not unclean. And this may be coming from different cultural backgrounds, you know, even religious backgrounds. If we look at some of this, I mean we're talking about this during women's history month because this is every woman that has come to me for help Um, this is a part of our innate being and like, we want to be equal in the workplace, right? But when you have debilitating cramps, you can't, it's like, I'm not trying to, I I love the men in my life, but if men had this problem and they were cramping, I feel like we would have like days off of work. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anyways, um, you know, this is something that's natural. Yes, you can have sexual intercourse during this time that is something that again is is totally up to you to explore with that in regards to um, sexual intimacy with your partner. But I want to go into endometriosis since it's endometriosis awareness month in the month of March, and we can touch base a little bit on PCOS and fibroids, but, um, any more questions, Dr. Letitia?
0: Yeah, it's not really a question, but yeah, there's definitely some, you know, some, uh, I wouldn't say like, um, you know misconceptions and things like that or being some negative connotations but shifting that narrative on that is all part of why we're you know doing doing this show you know so being able to get better awareness being able to educate ladies knowing that you're obviously not alone if you are having some other um, adverse symptoms and things like that and when you talk about that equity in the workplace it would be every it would be six days out of the month that the office would be shut down if men were going through having cycles <laughs> literally we hate to say it but some maybe their pain tolerance and their things may be a little bit different than ours. same thing with childbirth mm, if guys are going through childbirth you wouldn't, no, it wouldn't, know, it wouldn't. do it, so that's why no. it was designed for the woman to have child work, for us to have our own cross the bear, I guess, when it comes to that. So, yeah, that is something I didn't even think about when you're thinking about, hey, if you have to leave work or miss work because you're having these debilitating, um, you know, problems every month, that's going to significantly impact how you're able to advance in your career, how you how you're uh, seen as. Oh, they're just kind of lazy. Or yeah. they always take off a few days in the month and they have no clue of what's, what's going on. So yeah, that yeah. can be very impactful for your quality of life and how you're able to be successful in, um, a generally a man's world. I mean, when it, when
1: it comes down to it. It does. You're right. And, and, um, there's a great physician that's in the area of Atlanta and he's, um, able to work in a nonprofit Uh, medical center here in, in Atlanta. And he is a huge proponent of like trying to help change the narrative as a male physician and men need to have, you know, if you're listening, like men need to listen to this because it's, it's a huge part of our lives and yeah, missing work because you're having, it's like you haven't some really any males listening in like severe gas pains, but on a regular, on a regular. So let's go into, um, PMS premenstrual syndrome or symptoms are going to be similar to some of the endometriosis, PCOS, fibroids. Uh, I'm going to focus again on endometriosis. So endometriosis is underdiagnosed, number one. And a lot of women are suffering from this and it's mismanaged, mistreated. Um, Symptoms are going to be what people are going to say is killer cramps, Like Dr. Letitia, like you're curled up in a ball and you can't even stand upright, right? And again, this is going to vary per person. You do not have to have all of these symptoms to be diagnosed or think you might have endometriosis. Heavy or irregular periods, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or constipation. Pain when you urinate or pee. Pain during uh, sexual intimacy, sexual intercourse, fatigue, brain fog, and infertility. Um... Some of these symptoms can be cyclical or you might have them your entire cycle. Migraines is another one, right? So when you're looking at endometriosis, again, we're going to drop a few accounts in our show notes for you to follow that are really informative on educating. And thankfully, women are the pioneers on this. Women who suffer from endometriosis are the pioneers on this because it's been life altering for them. Um, But it it's different for each individual, which is why it's so important if you're listening in to track, even if your periods are irregular from the time you start bleeding, start tracking things because you could miss periods with endometriosis. Um, it could be a cause for infertility. So, um, it's just different per person, which is why it's so difficult to diagnose and it's, it's not, and we can go into how it's diagnosed. So it's, not by ct scans it's not confirmed with mris it's not confirmed with ultrasound so everyone listening if you've suspected you have endometriosis and you've had a ct scan an mri or an ultrasound and they said you don't have it that's not supported by the research so the research tells us the only way to really know is a laparoscopic procedure to go in and actually see if you have endometrial tissue that has grown outside of the uterus it could grow into your colon, small intestine. It's grown all the way up to some individual's diaphragm under the thoracic, their lungs. Um, and when you've got it pretty severe, you're going to probably have all these symptoms. These symptoms don't mean you have it. You've got to have the procedure to rule it out, and it has to be done that way. So if you're given birth control to see if that helps, to say, yes, you have endometriosis, that's not the correct diagnosis. And so you've got to know what stage you have to know what kind of treatment. And there's different um, different approaches out there. Um, we are really grateful to have around Atlanta, the center, center of Endometriosis Care. And they do the excision surgery. At the beginning of this talk, I said that endometriosis is not curable. It is a condition that you live with, but you can manage it really well. It's basically inflammation. Um, on steroids and excision surgery you can get great benefit from that is it a long term fix there's got I, I would say it's like dr. LaTish I always talk about it's a team approach and we've got to have nutrition what we eat and movement um, to help um, with we know that's going to help long-term management of endometriosis so if you're just given birth control which a lot of you listening probably have been and you feel like your symptoms are not better, I would really encourage you to find in your area, um, an endometriosis specialist. There's the endometriosis coalition that I will be dropping down, uh, in the show notes and some health coaches that I would make sure to get on their websites and follow them. Um, because you've got to advocate for yourself. And this is where Dr. Tishai talked about being the CEO of your health, be skeptical. And, um, I'm going to pause and we'll talk a little bit about PCOS and fibroids, but yeah, what, um, what do you have to say about that, Dr. Letitia? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think the, the um, fibroids and the endometriosis, I mean, definitely there's some definite high proportions in the African-American population and some of the awareness and being able to catch things early and get interventions earlier than not, that is due, you know, sometimes it's to lack of access. Um, education being able to say is there is this actually abnormal because I've been this same way since my 20s and yeah. you're just thinking that there's no you know that there's no t- that, that it's normal and it maybe normal for you but it's definitely abnormal so I mean I've noticed in personal cases that the intervention yeah. essentially is hysterectomy um, for a lot of different um, ladies and a lot of times the the diagnosis or the expect or the you're thinking that there's a diagnosis it's very far along into it and maybe that is the only option at that point but if we can catch things early and make some lifestyle modifications like with anything there's no little pill or potion or detox drink to you know cure endometriosis or the fibroid removal uh specialist blah 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 you know, so if you're seeing things like that, definitely be skeptical. But there's some things lifestyle yeah. related that can also play a huge role in um, in how you live and your quality of life when it comes to that. Yeah. So living, you know, following, finding those resources, finding a specialist, knowing that there's not a one time just go to your primary care doctor and they say one thing you need to be able to find a specialist or same thing like with even with a gynecologist yes they are a specialist in that way but someone that has a specific specialty in fibroids and endometriosis and and um, some PCOS things are really going to be yeah. helpful for you
1: yeah and I I don't want to pass by what Dr. Letitia said lightly about the hysterectomy um that is often it, it could definitely help your situation, but that's an organ that's being taken out of you. And if you're listening and that's been recommended to you, which is more than likely or not that it's been recommended, the best way is to get the uterus out. Um, I just want to share on a personal note that that was part of my mom's story and and she was only 33. And um, it, it it didn't help her pelvic pain. Um, I can't speak to her endometriosis, but particularly I've had clients come see me because pelvic PT can really help with painful sex with clients with endometriosis and clients that would like to get pregnant and they're in their thirties. They don't want their uterus to come out. They want to be given a chance. And so, um, they, you know, working with someone that specializes in treating endometriosis can also help with your fertility. And you don't have to choose right now if you're listening, if you should have kids or deal with these symptoms, because a hysterectomy is not the end-all be-all. It really is not, in that um, there are women post-menopause after periods that do get diagnosed with endometriosis. It can happen before you start your period. It can happen after. It's, again, it's just a varied, it's so varied, and we're working more and more on research with it, but, but the hysterectomy part, man, taking out an organ is a really big deal. So especially if they took your ovaries as well, because your ovaries are vital in supporting hormonal homeostasis for you. So this is a period talk, and we will have a part two on endometriosis. We'd love to interview someone, but um, we're dropping some some resources for you. Please feel free to always send us messages on Instagram um, when this episode drops or before you can direct message us, comment. Um, We want to help connect you with the right individuals. Again, pelvic PT helps quite a bit um, with menstrual cramping and painful intercourse and even constipation because constipation is something that clients with endometriosis can struggle with and even back pain. So thank you all on our period talk. We'll have quite a few resources dropped there. Um, Again, ask us any questions. Um, We'd love to hear from you or recommendations on future podcasts as well. Yep. Sounds good.
0: Sounds like we had some definitely good information that was dropped uh, in this episode. We can definitely, definitely expand and definitely get some more episodes. that talk a little bit deeper about obviously endometriosis and PCOS as well, because those are definitely high um, factors for a lot of ladies. So in the meantime, until next time, please join us back for another episode of the Feel Better Naked podcast. Listen to all our Women's Health History Month and go back to previous ones. And if you're really feeling it, just go ahead and drop a rating and review on whatever listening platform that you're listening to us as well.
1: Yes. All right. Thank you all. See you next time. All right. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today, and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you